This is Daniel. This is Nicole. And this is Jean. And this is a podcast to magically disappoint your parents. Hi. Hey. Hello, hello. Uh, sh- should we start off with some announcements? Yeah, some- tell we us have all a about lot it. today. Mm-hmm. We really do. Um, uh, we have a couple, and by a couple, I mean like a lot. Um, <laughs> so number one, um, Erica. Hello, Erica, our fa- most favorite listener. Um, <laughs> Erica says, great episode for season four. Wait, for season four eyes? Is that what she said too? Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was just like a Nicole, like, here's a little, like, here's a little. Um, no, it's for that one. I think oh, we did name it season yeah, four season eyes. Four eyes. <laughs> oh, we did. <laughs> Oh wow, Daniel! Sorry. Well, thank you, Erica, for uh, for your comment and for that great pun improv. Okay. Um, number two, we just wanted to remind you about uh, our Patreon. Uh, mm-hmm. If you go to Patreon.com/slash/BrujaBaddies, um, you know, like the the tiers are there. T I E R S, not like tears as in crying. But I mean, we'd like for your support. So if you don't want us to cry, please make sure mm-hmm. you um, support us. Um, shout out to Gabe too for creating our intro music for our Patreon exclusive bonus baddies episode. I heard it was a bop. Hey, those are facts. That's that's a fact. <laughs> um, you can find the track November along with our other bops at soundcloud.com slash g-g-g-a-b-b-b slash tracks um also if you like the intro music for our regular episodes please follow chainsaw fight on spotify Ooh, is it spotify or pardon me oh i <laughs> miswrote these announcements wait is all it right. on spotify i think it's on all platforms oh um, well just it, yeah uh, chainsaw the fight. yeah they're um they're multi uh <laughs> I don't even know. Multi-platforms. <laughs> Multi-platform. <laughs> they're like us. They're, they're everywhere. Um, let's check in, y'all. I'll, I'll kick it off. So I got a gift card this weekend from a raffle for $100 at Nike. And I don't really ever wear Nikes because, you know, people with wide feet, it's just not it's too friendly. Um, so I haven't, I, I honestly haven't been to a Nike store since like really Guam. Like, and what is that? 2005, mm-hmm. 2006. So it was like, a culture shock y'all like, okay. So I go in there, I go into the outlet at uh, the North outlets or whatever. And it's like, there's like cops at the front. Like, I guess people steal shoes. <laughs> and then there's um, like, it's just in a, like people are buying shoes. Like it's a, about to go out of style. Like I was over, I'm like, I was kind of pushed a little bit. Like I was like, you know, they had to get to the shoe. And I was just like, you know, in real time, this is like, straight up capitalism, right? Because it's just like this, this is like the Louis Vuitton for people who are tourists. Like this is like the brand or whatnot. And so, yeah, I was like, just trying to find another running shoe uh, to fulfill this gift card. But I was like, I, I, I don't think I'm, I'm coming back and sorry, shoe heads who are listeners, but this, that's just a lot of stress um, in trying to obtain that brand. Um, so wait a minute, wait a minute. I have to ask you. Did you have to buy shoes with your gap or your cap card? With, <laughs> with my Nike. So I actually, I got a sweater instead at, um, because again, my feet are so huge and they're very stiff and the, there's only really two brands of Nike shoes, or maybe I'm just misjudging it from this one location, but there's only LeBron shoes and Jordan shoes. And growing sorry, up, who, who, who was that? That, who was that first one you mentioned? Uh, LeBron James. That was the- <laughs> 
Uh, obviously, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. Okay, LeBron. I'm so. Obviously, Jean is not laugh. up to date on the uh, NBA's. Um, but oh, I remember growing up, and there were like shoes of other players, and so I was really like, oh, only two. Like, um, so that's my first, my first check-in rant tirade on that. And then, second of all, um, I have been getting a lot of links in my DMs. Um, about turning red because people are like she need to watch this it's like really like resonates with you I think and kind of she kind of reminds of you and so I was like okay spring break I'm gonna go watch it in the theaters it's not available in the theaters it's only available on Disney plus I was joking I'm gonna start a zine about uh called Disney minus about kind of how <laughs> this is you know you create these things for representation yet um for those who can't afford streaming platforms or whatnot um for grown and little Asian folks. Like, uh, yeah, I was like, wow, I guess I'm not gonna watch Turning Red till-, till Someone for- out there, please hook Jean up with their <laughs> Disney Plus uh, password. <laughs> I know, I have room. to cat sit for Daniel again to uh, to be up to date. That was the only time I watched yeah. Soul. Um, and even, I think there was that, I'm, I'm, I'm really gonna get butchered out here by listeners, but there was also <laughs> that animation when me and Rose were recording a while ago. And it was about, it was done by a Filipino animator. I missed out on that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I just, so it was, you know, just a lot of, a lot of things. And uh, I would hate to see, um, I don't know, I just, for, I, I just think about people besides me um, and me. <laughs> I'm not going to deny it, but, uh, you know, I, I miss uh, miss the movies. And that's that's just my tirade on that. And also, like, I don't know, maybe someone in some neighborhood somewhere is like, um, no, kid, we're not getting the streaming platform. Um, watch with your friends when you go to their house. And I'm one of those people at 34. Um, so, yeah, invite me over. Just kidding. Um, Don't invite me over. I'm, I mean, uh, <laughs> I have it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe we have a viewing party. You know what? Um, I didn't know. And TBH out of Jean's whole ass network for <laughs> none of you folks to hook Jean up with a password. Wow. I'm side eyeing. <laughs> I mean, you and like you can't really side eye me because I don't even have an account. I have someone else's. <laughs> hey, you know what? The struggle um, is real. Like, yeah, yeah. Subs- subscriptions are like. I know they're starting to crack down on it, but like, it costs so much to have. It really does. I have a friend who I will not name who spends ninety dollars on streaming services <laughs> per month. Your- don't talk about your husband like that. <laughs> Koi is the anti-streamer. Um, <laughs> he only watches magic cards on YouTube. But speaking of which, I remember when I was showing in class that I was using YouTube, I was like, hey, watch this one thing, right? And they were like, oh, you have commercials? And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to pay for this. I will watch that commercial. So um, sorry, I really oh went on. God. No, my partner does the same thing too. Like whenever I'm watching YouTube and a commercial co- goes on, she's like, Babe, just pay for YouTube. And I was like, no, I will I will use those five seconds to get a snack. Yes. I will watch every MLM five-second <laughs> commercial to get this free video. Um, anywho, how are you, Nicole? Let's br- let's bring up the energy on a high. Oh, note. please. Um, you're so funny. Uh also I I too will watch. I don't pay for like a Google Plus whatever. So like I also have ads. Hey. So um 
maybe your students can pay for <laughs> your ad free. <laughs> maybe I'll pay the Patreon and we can enjoy these luxuries. Maybe, 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 <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe we'll have a, a bonus baddies episode about it. We don't know. Y'all might not know if you, if y'all don't take a chance, y'all take a chance on us. Um, I turned 40. Yeah. Uh, hey. Yeah. And it feels, I, I am, I feel very weird about the number 40. It's <laughs> cause, um, I just feel kind of weird about being older, but I'm also just like trying to embrace it. Like I've been alive this long mm-hmm. out of spite and survival. <laughs> get that on a t-shirt um but I had a really good chill birthday um I got roller skates um (laughs) and and then I got I got a lot of cool stuff Jean got me this really cute um Animal Crossing um a tumbler that's like insulated Mm -hmm. so I'm able to drink my my little ginger citrus tea (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> without having the bits also yeah. go down my throat it has a strainer <laughs> in it um yeah I uh, just had some friends come over and we we ate um we ate some food some stoner food but all of us were uh sober because it was a Sunday night um and we played some video games or watched other people play video games <laughs> but it was very chill and um I'm happy to have a chill birthday. I'm unhappy that it's still a fucking pandemic, mm-hmm. but you know, that is outside of my control. Um, I made a cutting board. Mm, it's so pretty. It is a hella cool. I'm so proud of it. <gasps> oh my gosh, we get to see it. Absolutely. This has to go yes. in a group photo. Look at so that. I like the little Sailor Moon so, insignia. <laughs> it's so big. Um, it's very heavy. It's got like, three or four different kinds of wood in it and then I I had a whole like I like did some wood inlay in there and then there's like handles yeah that's nice. the best so, part. like and it's a really good weapon but let me tell you how like weapon <laughs> like just um having being in a mixed race <laughs> just like the fucking difference between me telling my mom that or like showing my mom my cutting board and like um showing my mother-in-law my cutting board is just like fucking night and day like um I of course went to my mother-in-law first to like show her pictures and Miss Kim is very like she's a cool mom like she's Mm -hmm. very supportive and um I get to nerd out about oh yeah it's this kind of wood like I did all these other things and she's like very supportive like my my in-laws got me a Harbor Freight um, gift card for my birthday. They're just like, they're hella supportive. And then wow. I I show pictures to my mom and she's like, is this sturdy enough for you to oh my God. Cut, cut meat on or to like, like- Wow, so much doubt. It's like, yeah, that's definitely like the first um, thing she goes to. So I'm like very apprehensive to like, show her like the pens that I made or Dang. or like the um like even oh biscuits here um and just to show her <laughs> my mom really loves biscuits though um but wow. 
yeah it's just like oh how much did you spend to make that thing it's just like so disheartening um so even as a 40 year old I do uh um struggle mm-hmm. <laughs> with mm-hmm. with um setting boundaries or keeping boundaries with my mom because it's like it's so fucking depressing right so, you were inviting joy your joy yeah like I'm yeah. so excited about all this shit and then my Damn. mom's like so rude about it she's but, like ready um, to shit on, <laughs> on joy but she is very excited about Daiso <laughs> wow <laughs> that's great very that, selective that I, that I shared Daiso with her um so I finally went to, you know, Vegas finally got a Daiso. Mm-hmm. Wait, so, wait, we have a oh, Daiso now? Yeah, well, I know not- we had a, we had a mini so that I know. Oh, Daniel. <laughs> we have done you know, dirty. I'm so sorry. That we have all of the BB about. team likes to live under a rock here. All of us. All of <laughs> it's- us. So let's, support our Patreon. So let's we be can honest, get it's not all of us. Okay, okay. <laughs> Where Two out of three BBs. You ding dongs. Uh, <laughs> There, so the first Daiso first, because um, I don't think the second one's open yet, but mm. the first one is over at Arroyo Crossing. So it's very close to you. <laughs> or it's Oh my it's, God. Yeah, it's okay. across <laughs> it's across okay. the way from Seafood City. Oh, okay. So I know where the, it is. Okay. Next to the party city. The inventory is kind of low. Mm-hmm. Um, and allegedly they're like um, raising prices, but you know, this is what we have. And then this the second one is opening in uh, downtown Summerlin. And then I think a third one is going to be in Green Valley somewhere. So we're like a real wow. city. We, we have an Ikea now. and a Daiso. Yay. <laughs> That's my check-in. <laughs> Daniel, how are you? Um, I'm good. Um, so I fucking hate daylight savings time. Fair. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's like ruining my mojo. Like I mm-hmm. was just like this whole week I was just sitting on the couch and then I was just reading and then I would check the time and it's like 7 30 and the light's still out and I'm like what like why is the sun still up at 7 30 I fucking hate it um and it like it messes up like my whole schedule so then like mm-hmm. when I wake up it's super dark which I love but then um but then when I get home I'm just like okay all I want to do is just relax but right. the the sun is still up so I still have to do something like my mind is just wired it's a trick and it's like, I can't I can't I hate daylight savings um but other than that um I'm back to playing the piano I've been practicing like 30 minutes to an hour a day I'm I'm, I'm learning a Rachmaninoff piece Ooh. Russian composer oh my Not, god wow wow, like, wow whoa whoa it sounds political I don't know <laughs> we like Russia right now Mm-mm. um but I've been learning a Rachmaninoff piece that I've been wanting to play since I was like in high school and I'm a third of the way into it and it's memorized. So I'm like, Ooh. wow, that's so um, cool. We should have you play one time. Daniel's been uh, tickling the keys. I, I tickle a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the downside to that is that like, I don't have a lot of time for books. Like I used to read like an hour a day. Now it's just like, what? four or five minutes a day but I don't know um I'll, I'm sure that like something's gonna happen oh it's almost spring break for me I'm gonna read a lot um and then also I started packing up like my classroom slash library um and I moved those books to my new school hey. and um my my teaching coach was just like 
how do you feel about how do you feel about that and I was just like I feel good because I have a space there already and I also I feel good because I know I made the right decision okay look at this definitive Daniel love to see it thank you but other than that other than daylight savings I feel like my week has been great yeah makes sense it's hard getting up (laughs) it really is um yeah uh Daylight savings does suck. It was my birthday too. Yeah, it was the day. It was rough. I felt so cheated out of an hour. I'm elderly now. I need that extra hour. Hell yeah. Get a refund. Uh, (laughs) Who who made it up? Was it Benjamin Franklin or one of those founding fathers? Wait, uh, did y'all read that they might or like in 2023? Yeah. Yeah, might repeal, like like just get get rid of daylight savings. And I'm kind of just like, wait. Is that just gonna fuck everyone's schedule up? <laughs> Who knows? Um, maybe it just uh just messes with how we perceive time and like sunlight, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which it already is messed yeah, up. We there. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think what like Arizona doesn't have daylight savings. Yeah. there are a lot of states that don't have it, and I think they're doing fine. I think they're living You're their best right. life. You're right. In in those terms. <laughs> oh my gosh what are we talking about today um we're talking about help this is so this episode is called a self sunog <laughs> where we burn ourselves uh and mm-hmm. talking about concepts of help whether it's asking receiving or giving help um as filipino americans so do you ask for help if so, do you experience difficulty when asking for help? Why is it difficult? Why are we like this? <laughs> Why are we like this? Is it cultural? And by cultural, we mean like we learned this from our parents who learned this from their parents. Um, and it's all uh, informed by colonization. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers. Uh, spoilers. It's going to get deep. It's going to get a little deep. Um, and so my uh, first question for the panel, um, <laughs> what, which I definitely like set myself up for failure because I didn't have an answer for this at first really, but so what is your first memory of asking for help? Or do you have a memory that sticks out in your mind about asking for help? You know, this question was difficult for me too, because I couldn't think of anything like in my childhood, which I think mm. says something. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, um, I answered the second question about like the memory that sticks out the most. Um, this was when I've already moved to Vegas um, and I had met a Seattle boy, a mm-hmm. throwback. Um, but yeah, like that situation with Seattle boy like really fucked me up mentally that it interfered with like everything that I like that I did like at work who I was, um, like my interactions with like my own friends, like with my colleagues. Um, so I got really, um, I got, I was scared because I was just like, I think I need to go to therapy. That was like my first mm-hmm. thought of like, I think I need to go to a therapist. Um, but I didn't know how to like get a therapist. So then I asked mm. uh, one of my, um, one of my colleagues who's like, you know, like an advocate for like therapy, uh, for therapists. And she helped me like type up the email about like what to say, like what like I'm looking for. And then um, 
I landed a, like my first therapist, um, I'm forgetting her name, which is a little bit sad, but, but she's a queer therapist, um, close to, um, close to Summerlin Parkway. Um, but, but they were able to help me get through like, you know, like the whole like Seattle boy situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and also dig even deeper to like my family related trauma. Um, and I, I am incredibly grateful for my therapist and also for like my, my teacher friend to like help me through mm-hmm. um, um, those things because if I hadn't asked for help, I feel like I would have just been a shit show still. Mm. Fair enough. Um, yeah, this, I, I had to really dig, dig because it almost seems second nature to be in this concept of helping and so, um, so I remember a lot of middle school group projects of me working mm-hmm. alone <clears throat> or being the leader. And so being an artist at that age made me like the first draft pick, you know, in these groups. And um, so when I couldn't communicate help or avoided confrontation, you know, when the group projects got difficult, my mom mostly encouraged me to just tough it out alone and just like carry to the deadline. And so you could say that like really informed my behavior of being like so low, even in group settings. Um, so yeah. How about you, Nicole? Those are, it's like the, the worst part of being a Virgo. <laughs> yes. It's like baby Virgo lean in. <laughs> it's like, you could be helpful, but also still not uh, like you could love yourself (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) oh boy so um yeah I had had to dig into my memory box here um and I thought about uh having like really bad math grades in Mm -hmm. elementary school and having a math tutor um but I don't recall how that even became a thing like I just remember one Saturday my mom was like oh we're gonna go here (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna go here and I'm like um okay like I so like I I just like I couldn't even really ask for help when it came to math I was just like I don't get it and that would be like the end of the story Mm -hmm. um and like I would just continue to struggle through it um but yeah, so I wonder if like my mom just set it up for me. And so like, I think this is like probably the beginning of me remembering that I um, don't know how to ask for help mm-hmm. because I like shit was just set up for me already. Yeah, um, powerful, yeah, yeah. And so it lends to like, think of like, like my mom, what my mom thinks help for me looks like. Mm. And so that's why I have difficulty in trying to like even like 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 okay like it's already hard for me to ask for help but like what does that help look like I don't know right right <laughs> which is wow. which is okay like it's yeah, okay yeah yeah not no because you're just like you're figuring it out but wow yeah I really set myself up for that <laughs> <laughs> so uh second part of that question is um growing up how and it maybe is or how how was help and helping defined um 
so as like a background uh, for like new listeners, I grew up in a very religious family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was just like a, a Christian thing to provide help. Um, but within like my family, it's not that they've said it. It's kind of like a, just a tacit thing. Um, we never ask for help unless we have to. Um, and asking for help is like, very extremely rare in our in my family. Um, I just remember like we were all just like very self-sufficient or if not self-sufficient, like we just work like gears. Um, but being self-sufficient, I think to an extent became like a negative thing because when we as a family were at a loss, that was it. Like we were just, we don't know what to do. Um, and again, going back to like the whole religious family thing, we always gave help, um, whether it's whether it be like a donation to like, you know, a family who is in need or passive help. I'm calling it passive because I might just be like biased against organized religion. But like when people are like, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. And I'm just like, what does prayer do? Um, so like we're it's just help getting help and receiving help are two separate worlds in my family. Mm. Um, asking for it is just not, like, it's not something that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, we come from two, regionally two different, like, you know, places, but yeah, very cookie cutter thing, the whole getting and giving help. So same, keep it in the family, uh, meaning don't ask for help unless it's the last goddamn option. Um, and now with you talking, Daniel makes me think about perhaps shame is a layer of the whole getting of help. And so, um, giving help is fine and dandy, especially my parents who, um, are nurses and givers. Like they, you know, if somebody was kind of had a cough in the neighborhood, they'd be like, oh yeah, it's this or whatever, give free medical help or whatever, but getting help strictly must be within our nuclear family. Mm -hmm. Um, even when we're like, like being loud in the house, like shouting or getting mad. They're just like, you know, like (laughs) it's like so shameful. And I was thinking like, well, if somebody can hear, then wouldn't somebody come help? And so no, it was like, no, keep it in this compartmentalized box. Um, Nicole. Um, I would say it's like also pretty similar, like um, getting help uh, is usually like confined to like your immediate family or like your close extended family. Um, But help is also like, it has so many, or it has like different meanings Mm -hmm. and different Mm -hmm. connotations that come with it. So like, if it's financial um, there, of course there's going to be like some shame attached to that. Cause it's like, if you're receiving financial Mm -hmm. help, it's like, you don't have your shit together is what Mm -hmm. that means. Or if you're, you're giving, um, financial help then it's like you there's this like unspoken uh like utang uh, na lo, na oh, yeah, yes yeah. or like like you're the yes. you're now like the familiar authority on like yeah. all things financial mm. which is like pretty funny coming like considering that a large majority of like my mom's side of the family are all like they're trained as accountants Whoa. <laughs> i mean and that's how they came to the united states Mm-hmm. through accounting but and then also like um this that kind of help is like uh um like there's it's always like uh rooted in um like money 
Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so even if if it's like your education like that mm. your education will lead to more money or you know allegedly um and it's also like very um neoliberal mm-hmm. like how help happens it's and it's like um you know I I did it myself so you don't need help doing this mm-hmm. like why? so so like uh if I if I need help with things that are not things that my parents believe <laughs> they need help with then it's like I'm asking for something that doesn't make sense or like just Mm -hmm. doesn't has no importance or whatever so um like I've I think about like um like depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. or like even um like navigating sexual assault Mm -hmm. or navigating a learning disability Mm -hmm. like even if my parents or the people in my family have experienced those things, like if they did it on their own, like mm-hmm. they, oh, well, I'm, I'm fine. Look how it turned out. I was like, Ooh, yeah, Ooh. Look, <laughs> are you fine? Turned out. <sighs> All good points. Yeah. Um, is there a moment that you remember about, you know, like grown up, Filipino grown ups in your life when it comes to giving or receiving help? Yeah. So, um, you know, when my mom's dad died, my Lolo, um, she took on this like super giver role. And so like when he was alive, he would help all his siblings with their kids tuitions. Right. So, mm-hmm. or if their family met or if anyone other family member had hardship. So then my mom would prepare like periodically by like buy-in boxes. Right. This is kind of like something that, uh, this, you know, our, that generation, like really like abides by, right. Cause they're, they're considered overseas workers, right? So public buy-in boxes, you know, when we go to the Philippines, she like tightly pack like pasta lubong into our suitcase. Um, and then she'd pay whole family gathering meals because that's what her dad used to do. And so this type of generosity like caused tension between her and my dad because his family wasn't really privy to doing that. Um, so they didn't share that same belief and that really rifted, right? Because they're both Filipino, right? It should be uniform, but it's not. It's nuanced even at their generation level. And so mm. um, he wanted boundaries set up for my mom and she refused because she was next in line in this very long generation of obligation of giving help. And so I think sometimes when she looks at me, um, I don't fit that build or mold because of a certain income level or, you know, or a certain loyalty, um, because I love to interrogate <laughs> why, 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 um, she does those particular practices. And so, um, yeah, but I do see it. I do see it in my family of <laughs> obligations, Nicole. Um, are you laughing because I'm like squinting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he- you know, um, similarly, like, uh, as, as like the, the child of like, uh, immigrants, like, yes, I, I see how my parents or like my aunts and uncles would like how they would organize to send Balik buy-in boxes, um, and stuff like that. But like, we, like, I was also, like working class poor growing up so it was like uh it wasn't it wasn't something luxurious that we could Mm -hmm. do very often and I had a lot of like um 
not anxiety, but like, I guess tension. Mm. Uh, like, and this is just like tension within myself, but directed at like extended family because it's like, how can you ask me for shit or ask my parents for shit when like they don't have anything? Yeah. Mm. Um, and I know there's always jokes about like, you know, someone doing an outline of their foot so that you can go buy them Jordans or whatever. Mm. Like, oh yeah. Like there's I jokes about, about that. that. Um, and I, I do see like um, the necessity of like having to send things because sometimes your family like has fucking nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there came a time where like maybe as like an adult, not even maybe, like yes, as an, an adult, my mom like pretty much gave me the green light to not engage in any of that. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. like saying like, I don't have to send anyone remittances because quote unquote, we're all here. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no one left out. Like, cause people have came and gone back. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if my mom sees that as like betrayal Mm -hmm. or like Mm -hmm. um, you've been given this opportunity to do better. And then you decided to go back. Right. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's a Miss Erlinda conversation. Um, But but yeah she pretty much tells me that like I don't have to give anyone remit- remittances because I need to worry about myself I think also because she's worried because like I'm like a broke bitch mm-hmm. <laughs> um and that I don't have to like I should not sponsor anyone if they want to come to the United States mm-hmm. I mean that's a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. anyway yeah. mm-hmm. um but like my mom is very adamant that like I don't have to do that mm-hmm. um at the same time like I I hear stuff on the other side of my family mm-hmm. of like, oh hey, you got you got old phones. Yeah, we need to send that to the Philippines because someone needs someone needs a phone. And or like um just like I really hate when people ask my parents for stuff to yeah. send back. Yeah. My parents mm-hmm. literally live like paycheck to paycheck right Mm -hmm. and it's so fucked up that people are like asking of them right um and being specific oddly specific about the thing the goods yeah Yeah. um and it's like there has to be a point where like you have to cut that off Mm -hmm. but um i went on a i went on a tiny tangent it was an important tangent yeah very Um, important tangent yeah because it's like i can I can have compassion for like my relatives who or just fucking anyone who has less than me but like I can't mm-hmm. I literally cannot be giving if I like if I can't survive right you know right. um but I digress so <laughs> I you have been hanging on a thread <laughs> um I I was thinking about one of my cousins who immigrated while I was a uh, in high school and she didn't ask anyone for help. Wow. Like she wasn't um, like no one sponsored her. She made her 90 day way <laughs> to the United States. Okay. And then, and even with like, uh, like child rearing or like childcare, she did not ask any of us to wow. like watch her kid while she was working. And it oh. felt really bizarre to me that, mm-hmm. and it still does that she, turn to literal outsiders mm. when like she has a whole ass family mm-hmm. that's um 
here, like mm-hmm. down the street. Um, and even in like the like the most dire times of like um uh like domestic violence, like mm-hmm. that and and you know, I don't know what she was thinking of at the time. So like mm-hmm. I can't like it's fucked up for me to judge her for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I was just always so confused as to why she wouldn't like ask any of us for help, which yeah. I mean, there's a story to that, right? Right. There's all these if stories. You're not, yeah. And even like with us, if like, we're not asking for help, there's a fucking reason why yeah. we're not asking for help. Yeah. Could so, be a trauma response, you know, like a, you know, absolutely a flee f- flight or such situation. Fight or flight or freeze yeah. and yeah. like fart. Fart. <laughs> no, it's fun. It's fun. But fart would be the best option. Um. <laughs> um, so similar to you both, like my my parents would send like balik bayan boxes. Whenever they go to the Philippines, there's like pasalubongs. And when I was in the Philippines, um, I remember my dad like sending tuition money. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and Nicole, what you said earlier about you know, like your your cousin kind of made me think about, um, you know, like, like, is this a symptom of, of immigrants in America? Like, or more specifically, like Filipino Americans in America, because like, there's this, mm-hmm. there's this instance of like, there's like, I don't know, like a, a spectrum, I guess, of like, mm-hmm. being self sufficient, and making sure that like, you're doing whatever you got to do. Mm-hmm plus familial responsibility mm-hmm. and then also familial shame it's very it's long spectrum yeah, yeah. um because uh, like what are we not a monolith or something? that's like know. that's what we're monolithic <laughs> about is that we have fucking trauma because <laughs> <laughs> uh, like um uh, my family in the philippines similar to um similar to like i'm sure a lot of like families like they're not afraid to ask for help because mm-hmm because apparently we're in America and we're, we live in a better place when like in reality, like, no, like Mm -hmm. we're also trying to survive out here. Um, but then, so the, my family in the Philippines are not afraid to ask for help, but then my immediate family always like provides that help. Mm -hmm. Um, but then my immediate family is also afraid to ask for help. It's like, why? Like, shouldn't there be like a, an exchange? Mm -hmm. Um, so I, like, I'm thinking like, maybe this is just a symptom of like, Philams in America. Um, I know that like, and like Jean, you touched upon this earlier. There's like this shame or like mm-hmm. kia attached for asking, attached to asking for help. But um, giving help is like charitable, mm-hmm. and it's like that doesn't like it doesn't make any sense because our charity is at our expense and our pain and our time and our whatever. Um, I understand that like if people need help and we we can help we'll help but like when we can't we just need to realize that we can't mm-hmm. wow I mean this is like a whole ass research paper like I mean like this is really rich like stuff because you're right like when I think about the Philippines I, I remember just you could do, go to your neighbor and be like hey need help moving a tree or something and it'd be totally fine but yeah there is a kind of power dynamic that I didn't realize until this conversation um, so my question is, does, did this behavior inform your relationship with being helped? 
in this essay called um, The Politics <laughs> of Help and, and Being Healthy, Phil Pinex, American um, Lens, whatever. If anyone fucking <laughs> steals that. It's copyright here. <laughs> it's not copyright. It's just, there's receipts. These are digital receipts. <laughs> Intellectual and if, property. And if I fucking see someone else's name attached to that title <laughs> on one of these triple AS. <laughs> <laughs> there will be a Patreon exclusive episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you kidding. best believe. As I'm not writing anything, y'all. <laughs> um, uh, so absolutely, this definitely informs like how I definitely do not know how to ask for help it I struggle to ask for help although I will say that like uh, going to therapy mm-hmm. <laughs> being around other people who also go to therapy is is very helpful um <laughs> like I really struggled um this last uh grad app <laughs> process and I was finally able to like ask my partner for help um, and, and even just like uh, taking a second to think about how you can be helped, um, is like a real fucking game changer for me, mm-hmm. but, but I, I, you know, I love to avoid shit. Um, so I, I will avoid asking for help, like absolutely to my own detriment, but because I, like my I would say like the people closest to me are like safety. Mm-hmm. So um, I definitely lean on them more than I would lean on my parents. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I, I definitely won't ask my parents for help with anything, especially because of like how they, um, how they respond to what kind of help that I need mm-hmm. is like, like, like I am being vulnerable by saying that like, uh, in the past of like me saying, oh yes, I need, cause we share a car. Mm-hmm. Um, and so me saying, yes, I need to use the car this day because I'm going to therapy. Like is mm-hmm. like, it's, you know, it's so simple, but to them, it's like something to make fun of. Right. So, like and commentary. Right. So like, why would I share anything mm-hmm. with them? Like if that's where I need help, like I won't, like I would never ask them for that, which is like sad. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Um, to s- speak more on that um, vulnerability too. Um, it kind of made me think back to you know, like when I was navigating my sexuality in high school, and um, and even like like even now, like as an adult, like when I first moved here, like I, I told my mom, I remember like I'm lonely and I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, practically me like asking for help, and. And I, I love my mom, but the way that kind of like, uh, Nicole, what you said, like how they navigate, you know, v- vulnerability, her initial response was, we'll pray about it. And I'm like, <laughs> that tells me nothing. What am Seems I like a lonely for? activity there. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so I think Not lonely like, if the Lord is with you. Okay. Right. Oh, sh- you have whole no. Trinity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the three on one, that's a deal. Um, um, but I think just growing up in like a religious household where like, you know, like a lot of the solutions are praying about it. 
Um, I didn't like the fact that I was being helped because I didn't know how to ask for it. And I also don't like the idea of getting help from other people. Um, but like, I think there's like good and bad with that about like not be getting help because like it allowed me to, you know, like be curious mm. and to like research and like be self-sufficient, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then, um, but like when I'm like clueless about something, like I've, I think like I've adopted like a learned helplessness where I'm kind of just like, shit Mm. and then if you add depression on that learned helplessness not great so not good combination um but yeah I have a love-hate relationship with being helped but I think being helped has to come from me for it to be for for me to feel okay about it Um, yeah. Um, sorry. It's just, I'm really like, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot tonight, y'all. Um, so yeah, the whole being helped, I have a problematic relationship with that because, um, you know, at some point in my life of 34 years, I looked at my parents as kind of the norm, the ideal, right? So their behavior is something that I adopt. And so I can see why my mom and even my dad, like giving help doesn't, doesn't feel good you know, like, cause they feel that they're in a position of power, privilege and wealth working as two white collar nurses. Right. So, um, so getting help is tough because they're used to hanging on to the belief that they have more. And so, um, for example, when we got sick in our family, we would rarely, even with good health insurance would rarely go to the clinic because they're like, it's okay. We'll, we'll deal with it ourselves, but that didn't translate well as we age, because now I have a distrust of medical professionals because they're they're not my parents or my parents don't know how to ask for help with how new medicine has emerged. Um, So it's like the whole concept, like Alan Moore's who watches the watchman, like who nurses the nurses. And so um, I, you know, who leads the leader? You could just fucking change that sentence so many times because at some point somebody needs to fill my cup too. And like, um, yeah, that's just, I'm just, I'm like processing- the nurses and nurses yeah it's their nurse children <laughs> unfortunately thanks for answering that uh, nurse children. i hope that they uh use that that good money to get a therapist yes yeah, so may they may they all we need that's where we need coverage too oh lord absolutely so i you kind of alluded to like giving help um or I think you're going that way. How do you act when you're being too helpful? Are you, do you have an awareness of being Um, too helpful? Um, Who wrote these hefty questions? Uh, It was you, Virgo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, prior to this year, I would typically uh, be the first person to chime in um, or in a group, or I would be like their last resort of help. And so I was like, you know, I, I enjoyed it, right? So it honestly gives me joy to be helpful. And then I notice when I'm being too helpful is how my body starts to react, like mm. um, to fatigue and depression, right? Like, and so, you know, lack of motivation, um, hiding out and stuff that starts to show up. Um, and so when I'm too indispensable to people, I like grow real grumpy. Like I'll have like maybe a great event or whatever. And then the next day I'm just like, pure asshole like you know I'm just like this cereal sucks you know like just um and clearly like what happened to you um and so yeah I just 
I like the body, my energy does not have, is not in my body anymore. And then I'm just like a real grouch, the people closest to me. And so, yeah, that's pretty toxic behavior. And, you know, it's like very end of the spectrum, right? So it's like being super helpful, being depleted and being a toxic person, right? So that's like, <laughs> like a really, that's another spectrum um, in this research. Yeah. I can't believe that your body is telling you to chill the fuck out. Like, <laughs> Be like, stop, please, please. We like that cereal. Um, Daniel. No way, Sayang. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, as a, um, cancer son, um, I am very maternal, so I love helping out. Um, but you know, sometimes people don't want help or like, or at least they don't want my help or they misconstrue my intentions, which end up, you know, like being terrible. Um, that's when I kind of like have to, um, analyze whether like my intentions are like, equal like actually like the impact that like the person needs um so I may be giving help because that like the help that I or the advice I usually give like helped me but that doesn't necessarily like work for that person or like it doesn't sit well with them so I think like the best thing to ask or like I'm learning how to um the best thing to ask a person is like how can I help rather than like oh I'm just gonna help you right now because I have a solution because not all solutions are like a one size fits all. People need space. For sure. I, you know, to second that, to, to piggyback Ollie 360 kickflip off of that. Uh, <laughs> I, I am so guilty of just offering advice <laughs> when it hasn't been asked for. Um, thankfully, <laughs> well, I mean, like sometimes thankfully, like if I catch myself, I, I do apologize and um, circle back to ask for consent. Like, mm. oh, uh, even if just like, like, how can I, how can I show up for you? Like, um, do you want to vent? Do you want me to offer advice? Do you just want me to be a listening ear? Uh, do you want my help with fixing a cabinet? <laughs> door on your tv stand or do you want me to help you hang a really heavy mirror i can do that i can do i can definitely shut the fuck up and listen just tell me and i'm cool with it so i that's you know i don't want to become a them explainer so Mm. (laughs) that's a nightmare what a nightmare that's a good call wait nicole you know what you should do Hmm. I don't know. Let me ask for your help, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to um, um, how religion kind of ties back into this mm. because of this word that I see. Um, does martyrdom physiologically affect you? Ooh, here we go. You know, um, I know that Joseph Smith was martyred <laughs> in Carthage jail. <laughs> um in illinois and that made him a martyr but i will not (laughs) like burn myself out or like have my body deteriorate for someone else's benefit i mean like i kind of already do it through working retail (laughs) but like you know living ain't free but um i'm kind of selfish and i've grown to become a person who appreciates an equal energy exchange 
Mm. Um, and so like, I don't, I don't burn myself out. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I'm kind of, I don't know. I, I can't, maybe someone else who knows me better can <laughs> answer this question, but like, um, I'm thinking about what Jean says about like your body, mm-hmm. um, really like screaming at you to stop. Um, but I can't really think of a time because good on you good on you on boundaries friend no but you know what but you know you know where I fuck myself let me tell you where (laughs) is if I'm like I would say in the past Mm -hmm. I have definitely in relationships um romantic relationships have given everything of Mm. myself like um my time my credit score (laughs) what little (laughs) what little real talk like what little money I have, like I, I guess that is where I would have death mm-hmm. is um, in giving that much of myself to other people, and that I guess that will physiologically impacts like where I live and mm-hmm. how I survive. True. But yeah, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't do that anymore because it took me two tries, but. <laughs> But here we are. <laughs> but here we are. Um, and I I think I have a better sense of myself and like when I to know when I'm being taken advantage of mm. in in that way. Yeah. Fair, fair. Um as a teacher, which is like a very thankless occupation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we only have one week of teacher appreciation week on top of like five million days of school of Mm -hmm. the school year um and also just like just like uh again like a cancer a giver um it does impact me like physically um and mentally I get Mm -hmm. in my head about like not feeling appreciated Mm -hmm. which like um which like and like it wears me down um as if I need that validation I mean I do but like I feel like I could get out of that but it's really hard to get out of that like mindset um, cause the feeling of like, you know, like wanting to get credit is normal, mm-hmm. especially if like you worked super, super hard for it or like super, super hard towards it. Um, but getting obsessed towards always getting credit or like getting like the exchange back, mm-hmm. um, can definitely like wear you down. Like I know like I've lost sleep. Um, mm-hmm. I, I looked a mess similar to like Nicole, I lost money. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like once you, once a person like wills themselves out of that, of getting that validation of that exchange, it just feels better. So like on a similar strand to like uh, what Nicole said earlier, like having that boundary is super, super important um, to the point where like, if people don't ask for help, don't, Mm. don't help. But if they ask for help, then that's when you step in. It sounds so simple, but wow, what a concept. Um, martyrdom physically does impact me. Um, yes, there's that layer of Catholicism, right? That we are, our culture has. Um, so I begin, you know, with my 8 million jobs, um, I begin to define the work that I do, which I love doing art and teaching art um, as thankless, useless, and like minute, like it just like this, I'm like, it's a small spectrum. I like these, these students don't even give a fuck about me. Like, you know, I'm just like, fuck them, you know? Um, wow, don't get me fired. Um, 
<laughs> so I sleep much longer, um, which yes, I do love naps, but I'm just like, there's points where I'm like, I know I'm awake. And then I just like really force myself to go back to sleep. Cause I'm like, fuck this day, you know? Um, and then I rely heavily on coffee for like, to give me short boosts, like to just be like, I'm already like, fuck this. And then I'm like drinking. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm here now. <laughs> I'm up present. And then I begin to think like really, really bleak thoughts. Like, you know, just like, mm. oh, everyone would just be so much better without me. Um, and so recently, you know, I've been on my, on my drive to work, I listened to the NPR life kits and one really stood out to me. Okay. A lot of them stand out to me, but they were talking about like when you create meaning for your life, which they call um, meaning making or the passion that we we create to, for these spaces, like you know, mm. writing, reading, um, zine making, um, and that can actually foster inequity because it's like, oh well, I'm just doing this for the love of doing this, um, and so yeah, that requires a labor of a martyr to hold up inequitable systems. And so again, citing life. And pure life kit, these are not my ideas, um, but I can really resonate. Um, and so it is hard to shift the mindset that, um, yeah, a space and place need to honor my needs and pay my worth. And I need to um, bow out when, uh, when I am mm -hmm. being labeled a martyr or being um, expected to be one. Um, so this is my next question. When is the time you remember you know, straying away from the martyrdom of being get hardcore giver. When is a time you remember receiving help without regrets? Uh, so Jean, this kind of goes back to what you said about, um, you know, like spaces that, you know, like are for you to like make meaning and like to mm -hmm. create passion, but also foster inequity. Um, <clears throat> my job as the librarian at my current school, um, I, so like the the time that I remember receiving help without regrets definitely is building the library because this the school was not as supportive to the cause as I thought that they would be. Um, so I asked like my network for help. Like I asked my friends, I asked my family, my colleagues. I asked you both to like send out like these, uh, you know, like my my library projects. Um, my college friends who I haven't talked to, my former teachers, and they pitched in for help, whether it's financial, spreading the word, or whatever. Um, and then now the library is like thriving, um, and the students enjoy using the library. And like, that's the kind of like validation that I want to see that like, whatever I'm working towards is actually going to be, you know, like helpful for like a lot of people. Um, and in a sense, kind of, uh, kind of like fighting like the inequity that like we have at, at like the current school, but it also is like the revenge that I want for not getting the support from like my own administration. So, I mean, I'm sad that I'm leaving the, like the school and the students and, or actually no, let me, let me take that back. I'm sad that I'm leaving the students and the library that I've built, mm -hmm. but I know that I've made a good decision moving to a different school that actually, um, you know, like serves students for, you know, like what they need rather than mm -hmm. like what the school wants them to be. Ooh, yeah. If that library could tell a story, yeah, we we here know at least two people mm -hmm. who've gone through that. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, okay. So before I answer that question, I would like to know if y'all ever had a time where you, you regret asking for help. <laughs> <laughs> 
because like <laughs> I don't I don't want to encourage folks to not ask for help right 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 <laughs> but I would love to hear like if you have if you remember a time um I do remember a time and some of those people are listeners to the show so I will refrain <laughs> from uh, oh dang you know they still be watching me um and still hoping they can help me so I will uh, <laughs> I will um <laughs> So anyone who's here to try to get Jean to like, quote unquote, lose weight or whatever, <laughs> I will make you a martyr. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not going to prison. Please. Damn, we got a lot of incriminating evidence on the BB show tonight. Please, I have watched enough Forensic Files. They would find a biscuit here. Like, <laughs> why would I even? Um, Daniel. Um... I can't really think of anything. I, I can't think of anything. I know it's kind of just like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, anticlimactic, but like, I know that I, I know that there's been instances where like, yeah, it like just, I asked for help and everything got fucked up. Mm. But I think it's just been buried deep, deep, deep down oh, due shit. to embarrassment. Mm. <laughs> But I, like, my initial reaction was to laugh. So I know there was something, but I can't pinpoint it. Okay, I'll share briefly, because this is one. Hey, wait, are you sure? I don't want you to be yeah, like no, no, no. This, I know this person doesn't l- listen to this, but, you know, when I was starting out in the comics community, there was one person, you know, I, this is where I, this is where I learned a boundary of not calling everyone my best friend. But, you know, we were at um, the festival, and I was like, hey, this is... So-and-so, they're one of my best friends, you know? I was so dumb calling everyone my best friend. And so that that man took it way too seriously. <laughs> and he would show up in all, all the spaces I taught. Like I Oh would my God, it. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and he gave me chocolate <laughs> and shit. I'm like, and then he would hug me weird. I was like, whoa, I kind of really regret. Like, you know, cause I think I, I think I asked him for a ride at one point and then it was like, we were two hardcore best friends. And I was like, this doesn't feel like best friendship anymore. This feels like- Danger, danger. <laughs> you know, and that's like it's so sad because it's like um as like femme folks can't like mm-hmm. you can't it's like so there is danger in navigating cishet men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's another episode for another time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, so, I do remember. I do okay. remember. <laughs> okay, this is when um I've already lived here, like in this apartment. Um, my, I'm not really good with cars. Um, I know how to drive one, but like to maintain <laughs> it, zero percent. Um, and like I've asked, I've asked like my partner, I've asked my dad, and like they gave me like advice, but still I'm kind of just like I don't know, like I don't know what to trust, like whatever. So then I like you know like did some googling because you know I'm a self sufficient bee. Um, so then I like, I was just like, I open up like, you know, like the, the car and then, or open up like the hood. And I saw that like my battery was like completely rusted, corroded is like the best word for it. Corroded. Like you could see like foam that has hardened. And I was just like, okay, like something is up here. So I'm just going to go to AutoZone, grab like, you know, like the materials that I need. Um, I remember I was like cleaning it. Um, and I was using like a toothbrush, like really gently, like just scrubbing it. And the, um, uh, what are those called? Like the clips that are connected to the batteries. Yeah. 
bro both of them broke off oh and i was just like oh my god oh my god so then i was just like what the fuck did i do so then, um, <laughs> so then i like i went to go do like the the coca-cola cleaner and then i also like like last resort i was just like okay well my partner's not here my dad's in alaska so i think i just need to like call my insurance call my insurance i set up an appointment at, at the, the dealership to like get it checked out and get it fixed um and then i got it towed so the guy like the the, the tow truck guy drove close to my like car it's like is this the car and i was like yeah and i was like well can you turn it on and i was like i i i it doesn't turn it can't turn on because the batteries like the yeah. clips are like completely off like i can't do it and it's like well i'm gonna need to like figure out a way for you know like to to move the car into like on top of the tow truck but also like to check like the mileage and stuff and i was like i can like i don't know so just here's the key and then like I was like, let me just grab my stuff. And then can I get a ride with you to the dealership? And he goes, yeah, that's fine. So I go upstairs. I give him my, my car key. And I go back down with my backpack. And I, like, get on top, like, get in, like, the truck. Bro, the car turned on. <gasps> what? And I was just like, oh, my fucking God. Um, and I was just like, this is me being <laughs> And not just like trusting my partner and my dad. And now I just made a fool of myself. So then like the drive was like a 15 minute drive. And I was just like. So embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny though. It was, it's a damn good story. Um, Wow. I do also 0% know anything about cars. So zero percent. I know how to turn it on and wash it. That's for another episode. (laughs) y'all. (laughs) <laughs> I, yeah well oh my gosh maybe we'll do a being your own butch yeah yes I okay that's right uh, i'm saying y'all should get it on this Patreon. <laughs> yeah um so my story isn't as funny <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> like um when i uh needed to get my own car um i thought oh uh, let me ask my uncle because he's like <laughs> he's always got his shit together and like I'm sure he'll say yes because I'm like the favorite right mm-hmm. um oh shit I was fucking wrong like <laughs> but yeah and so like I and like I don't ask for help unless I know like someone's gonna help me <laughs> so so um when I did ask I like had a whole plan set out like set up <laughs> with like this is how much money I get a semester like I can give you this like if you could just help me with a down payment and like if you co-sign on this like then hopefully my payments will be small um and he's like oh no like I'm retired now so I have to think about myself and so like like uh he said that and like just my my relationship with him and my aunt is like a complete 180 like I don't I don't have a relationship with them like and and it's not like I and maybe I need to work this out in therapy but it's like you you continually frame or he continually <laughs> frames himself as like the family patriarch and, mm-hmm. like, and for real like the the financial experts um and so use your expertise to your alleged expertise to help me out Mm-hmm. in what would be helping me out 
I mean, at the end of the day, like I ended up getting a used car. I, I think he did give my parents some money to help me buy it, which I really hate because we didn't need his help then for that. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. like I would have been fine if I had paid the entire thing, but my parents said, yeah, we could split it. Um, and Ugh. so, and so my, I know that my aunt and uncle hold that over my parents' head is like, mm-hmm. oh, but we gave you this money so that you can use the car whenever. And it's like, no, actually, like I use that car so I can get to like, so I can finish school. Like right. that's what the car was mm. for. The car wasn't wasn't for like gallivanting or like that's not the sole purpose of mm-hmm. the Clexus. Like the Clexus is for what was is for me to get to school and to do school things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I just hate that he has that like yes like that. What what is it called? Is it that utong? Yeah. Utang na loob? Yeah. yeah. Not utut sa loob. <laughs> it's that too. It's that. Utang sa loob. Yeah, it's like, um, you're wrong, but whatever. Like, if you want the yeah. fucking money now, I'll give it to you if you'll just shut the fuck up for the rest of our lives. This is but- so interesting because this is also a concept of being helpful for the gram right like so it's like Mm. me and my mom had this conversation about like she was like look at this uh colleague of mine he's always in like his scrubs with designer shit but it's not like he uses the wealth that the wealthy branding he has created for the gram it's not like he really uses that as a system of helping yeah 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 yeah. it's like oh it's it's a flex yeah 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 it is a flex um but it's not it's in theory, not practice. Mm. Yee. Things to think about for this research paper. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, these are just, I, I'm living for this, these stories. Um, so I would like to say, and shout out um, to, you know, when I think about receiving help without regrets, I think about Cozy. And one moment really sticks out to me. I think we had a tabling for our friend Starshine's event and you know, I was like, I can't have improv. And it could have been like, that's not real work, right? Like, that's not a thing. Um, and they were like, okay, yeah, you, you can't make it. And so, um, yeah, so I've been a part of a lot of art groups that were new and operating. And so a lot of it, people leaned on me to like shape new opportunities or gigs. But in Cozy, like we consensually talk about like permission to vent and like we can express without you know, what we have to do, you know, like we have something else going on or even need a mental health day, then we can't do an event. It's not like, well, Gene and Nicole are not carrying weight and shit, you know? So um, I really like that it's a space to honor like creativity, create where we are creatively, but also where we are as people, you know, like it's, we're not always green light on the go. And so, um, so shout out to Cozy and, you know, shout out to my job because like, they like the interns that I work with, they teach me also how to ask for help. You know, like I'll be in grouch mode and be like, Hey, like checking in, you need help. Do you need help? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I really can't carry. And so like that, you know, young people be teaching me too. Um, And so I just would like to see these practices more in Filipino spaces, right? Numero uno consent support vulnerability, which is something we're modeling tonight, you know, naturally and organically and lastly care just straight up care like you need a day you need a space you know I'm not gonna just miss about how you didn't show up <laughs> you know it's just be what it is um so yeah 
I mean, we will, sisters. So. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully, the sisters will be like, "Oh, you know what? We should be nice." Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um. So, what can you tell your your? I'm going to say past. Okay. And future mm. self. Okay. About about navigating help. Okay, so I will say set aside pride, even if it's super fucking hard. Um, your past trauma about teamwork, um, you know, it can it can define other possibilities, like the magic of collaboration. If I just lean in, even if it fucks up, like it's, it's everyone's being human. And um, and also I'm not my parents, so I don't have to feel destined to break this body and spirit in a way that says, bitch, you're a good martyr, right? So like that's the diatribe I would try to feed to other dimension of genes um for me I would tell my myself ask for help because you don't know everything and you can't do everything Mm -hmm. um so I would uh tell my past self past versions of myself like hey it's okay like you know you were doing what you thought you mm-hmm. <laughs> needed to do that's all right um but you know uh us now and us in the future like we don't have to struggle with asking for help like we literally don't have to um because there's a lot of people that are that want to help us mm-hmm. that, that are willing to help us in the way that we want to be helped mm-hmm. and so just fucking ask for help bitch <laughs> There's a lot of F-bombs in this um, episode. Oh my God. Wow. There, there were a lot. Um, so after this, you know, like whole fucking conversation, uh, <laughs> do you think your behavior will change or be affirmed? Bitch, no. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking, I struggle with asking yeah. for help. Like, I think maybe I'll be just like a smidge better with asking for help, but that's, I feel like this is going to be like a lifelong thing. Mm-hmm. Although I will say to pat myself on the back, like in these woodworking courses that I'm taking, like, so one of them, I don't do any, like everything is pre-cut for us. Um, in this other class I'm taking, uh, I have to relearn how to use a, a ruler and, and learn fractions again. Mm-hmm. And, and I am like I have such anxiety over it, but, and I, I even made some mistakes in class, like cutting things too short or whatever. Um, but like my instructor, <laughs> it's like, it's cool. It's, I'm glad that you're making mistakes now. Cause then like you learn mm-hmm. from them. And, um, mm-hmm. like, so I, like, I am a little embarrassed by making these mistakes, but And sometimes I am a little embarrassed about like, okay, this line is a fourth. This line is a 16th. Like it's a little embarrassing, but like, that's how I learn. And Mm -hmm. so um, I guess it's not that embarrassing. Even like I, there's, there was a young, a younger Filipino guy who came to the shop because I think he's, he's a carpenter by trade. Um, And so like we bonded a little bit (laughs) and uh he was like helping me and was real cool about it. And so it's like, yeah, I, I'm not an expert at reading a ruler, but it's like, I'm also not a carpenter. So like, be nice to yourself. Ask for help when you need it, B. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, after this con conversation, I feel like I have a lot going on with me, with being Filipino, with being Catholic, with being a Virgo, right? Those are three large walls I carry on my proverbial back. But I think what really helps is this, like really, I, I just really thank you all, like um, really displaying vulnerability. I don't think, I think we've done something really huge here, which is talk about shame and family and vulnerability. And so I'm gonna hopefully keep this conversation in my back pocket and maybe it'll inform future good self-care choices for me. Again, Nicole's right, we're not perfect. We're trying to unlearn generations of capitalism and oppression and um so yeah it's uh it's all really starts with mindset and um we'll see where it ends up in action so daniel um you both kind of inspired me to um put myself in a space that is rife with embarrassment mm, like i weird. want to like 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 nicole when you showed your um your um, cutting board. I was just like, I want to do that too, but like, I have zero knowledge about woodworking. So I yeah, think me either. <laughs> yes. So like, or like, I want to kind of like uh, uh, Jean when you shared like the puppet shows, like a couple like episodes mm -hmm. of the puppet making. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just like, I know nothing about sewing. So I'm like, hmm, maybe I should go try that out and like really just be okay with asking for help especially knowing that you have no knowledge of that mm. skill um i want to try i want to try that so um nicole and gina might ask you for okay. information about the like the, the those two things that i mentioned well guess what you're gonna fucking owe me for the rest of your life just kidding um okay. let's talk rex nicole what's good okay my beanie is really good um i definitely <laughs> wore it to woodshop class um uh so for those who cannot uh see what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> um but i mean you'll see a picture of it uh this beanie has it's a, like a tactical beanie <laughs> it has little places for you to put whatever um so it's made by Dungeon Forward and they are black owned. I, I got a, it was a targeted ad and I was like, yes, I need this. It's like a, <laughs> when a targeted ad is like great. Mm -hmm. So Dungeon Forward makes these beanies. Um, and I want to thank or shout out Death Drop Skates. Um, who's friends? I, I think they're all friends with each, like all the skate shops are friends with each other, I think. <laughs> I hope so. Um, I hope so. But uh, Death Drop is where I got my skates. I, once again, really had no idea how to navigate buying skates for the first time as an adult with arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm thankful for them for being real cool with folks who um, are coming to them and being vulnerable about not knowing anything about like, uh, just really embracing other people's childlike, child, mm. childlike mm -hmm. um, curiosity. Um, and for also putting out like really cool spring or like just events. So um, when I got my skates, it was their uh, spring skate um, market. 
Ooh. And so a bunch of our, our friends, a.k.a. Malcriada Media, were there. Um, and also Gigi Dye! Hey. I love Gigi because I first met them at Clexicon. <laughs> I just said that because I wasn't thinking about Clexicon. <laughs> but um, anyway, fuck it, whatever. Um, this is about, I guess this is like the difficulty of I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so Gigi Knight is hella cool. Um, I first met Gigi Knight at ClicksCon. You'll 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 go back and edit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's dead stuff, right? Okay, okay. cool. Um, and they make the cutest art mm-hmm. of all thick, thick babes. Hey. Um, and they've got stickers and enamel pins and magnets and acrylic earrings. I saw. But they were really cool and um, are also really, I'm going to have to save this for like the the, Rex. the bonus baddies mm-hmm. no, of like, mm. of, of how instrumental Gigi was in a certain uh, conventions, oh, yeah. um, vendors, halls, debacle. Ooh, more reasons to get into bonus baddies. But anyway, support Gigi. Um, I know they have a Patreon or like a, a sticker subscription that you can um, sign up to. Yeah, they have hella cute stuff. And they were so nice and willing to talk to me about that traumatic time in our mm-hmm. lives. <laughs> we stand Gigi. Yay. Daniel? Um, yes, number one. And I know that Nicole knows about this. Um, the Nellis auction. I only found out about this because one of my colleagues suggested this to me. Um, so the Nellis auction is where I got my Yamaha 88 full piano keyboard. And um, I'm also getting a professional grade food processor mm-hmm. for a hella discount. Hella discount. Let me and I'm tell like, you, all the people uh, we've got hooked on the Nellis auction. <laughs> you start colliding. You're I a Nellis like, auction uh, consultant. <laughs> Yes. I have like five different things that I'm bidding right now. And I'm a, I'm at a bidding war with these people. Oh, let me tell a quick story about the, uh, the food <laughs> processor. So, um, so on the website, if you ever go on there, um, it counts down from like one hour. Um, you know, when the, when the auction closes and I waited until like the last 15 seconds to like do my last bid. And then the person who's also trying to get that food processor processor bid like the last maybe like three seconds. So mm-hmm. then I was just like, okay, you want to play that game, huh? So then I bid the last second and I won it. <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm on the edge of my seat right now. Can I? <laughs> yes. Offer some advice. <laughs> yes. Um, you can set your bids to as high as you want to go. So you don't have to go into a bit oh. more. Oh, I know. I know. Why are you still going in a bidding war? It's exciting. I, well, I went to the, I went on a bidding war because, um, because I didn't want to like go over like my, like my, my, this is like my cutoff. Mm -hmm. Um, but then like this person just kept like upping it up and I was like, I want this fucking food processor. So last second I just upped it. And then, and then it ended up, um, I ended up just paying just like $1 more than like the other person. Oh my so. God. It was me, Daniel. You beat me. 
I'll never Sorry, get food processed because of you. Um, but, um, you know, once I get this food processor, I'm going to make some really damn good salsa. So mm. um, be on the lookout. Oh, okay. Anyways, my second rec. Um, I've been, okay, I didn't actually get this, but I've been craving it for a while now. Pancit Canton Calamansi flavor. Mm. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and then lastly, oh my, oh my gosh, everything about Mike Rex are food related. <laughs> um, chicken thighs. Yes. Um, I don't know why everyone's just like, chicken breast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, because like if you cook them wrong, they get too dry. Yeah. But chicken thighs keep retain their flavor. They retain like the, the fatty goodness that you need. And then if you put like the skin on there, mm, yummy. Wow, I'm learning so much. My mentor, my chef mentor is Heather. Listen, so, uh, if you look in our freezer, it's like all chicken tenders and, and, and chicken thighs. Oh, shit. More notes taken. I feel like the whole white white meat versus dark meat, like it's colorism is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, my Rex, um, I, for my chef mentor, Heather, um, air fry Arby's curly fries. They're delicious. Mm-hmm. Didn't know. Um, <laughs> and I'll stretch my, uh, chef mentors, uh, Rex into other Rex. Um, my next one is NPR life kit. It's a really good, um, thing to listen to on your way to work. When people, uh, try to try you with, uh, just workplace, not workplace stuff, but like, um, just life stuff, stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. One of, one of the, one of the episodes that I was listening to this poet was like, um, think about something that is beautiful today. And if you were able to do that, think about your capacity to love and find, like, I was just kind of like, okay, give me something, give me something nice to process and logically. So, um, uh, NPR life kit. Um, and then lastly, bleach improv. So let's <laughs> small story. So, um, a few months ago, I've gotten to two, I probably did eight weeks of, of improv now. So, um, I, with a friend from class, we went to bleach downtown in the arts district and we did a drop in performance. Uh, it was really nerve wracking. It's really, I'll tell you why it's really nerve wracking. It's, it was so exciting. Um, but it was really nerve wracking because you, you know, imposter syndrome, like, uh, but I was like, but improv is about like, just leaving that all that shit behind. And so I think what makes me uncomfortable in this space is that there aren't a lot of Asians and even Asian informed humor, right? So like I was acting this guy and I can tell in his fucking eyes that he's, he's good, but he's like, he doesn't trust me fully, you know? And so mm-hmm. um, I, you know, on my long life crusade, I will also be adding that to my fun bucket list I want to make, be part of an Asian improv group. I just followed this um, Latinx improv group that has two of my favorite actors from Netflix in it. So calling all, <laughs> um, and maybe I'll be like, uh, maybe, well, maybe we'll switch. I don't know. So um, I mean, we kind of do it here in BB, but uh, so we'll see um, my fellow thespians out there or improv improvisers, but yeah, bleach improv, if you want to do drop in improv, or if you want to help me also take up space, as an Asian Im- improviser, that'd be really fun. I mean, there's like three really solid ones, but I I want to be part of a troupe and a team in Las Vegas. Um, so, Hollow Hollow House. Hey yo! Oh yeah, yeah. And you'll understand what that reference means if you're on our bonus baddies Patreon. Oh, the episode before this. 
Oh yeah, so shit. I will edit that. <laughs> no, keep it in because it's funny. <laughs> um, anywho, well, that's everything. Thank you all both. Um, this is Jean. This is Nicole. And this is Daniel. And we are a podcast to magically n- not know how to ask for help. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Can someone help me out with this? Please.